What You Missed on Weekend Mornings with Jason Dacey. Thank you for staying with us here on Weekend Mornings on Money FM 89.3, inspiring interviews, Singapore stories. We're still in the company of Neil Humphreys, but we'd like to welcome the renowned Singaporean magician, illusionist, escape artist, entrepreneur, and author, Ning Chai. Hey, thanks so much for having me today, guys. Great to see you, and uh, what an accomplished woman that you are. And of course, you're about to be on the move. You're about to leave us for a while. Tell us about that. Oh, yes, that's right. Um, in a week's time, I'll be off to Scotland. I'll be doing my master's in creative writing at the University of Edinburgh. And uh, I'm just really grateful because I received the... Uh, art scholarship from the NAC, National Arts Council, to do this. Fantastic. And I've got your 2018 book in my hand. I've been reading it. I've been enjoying it a lot. Misdirection, book one of the Savant Trilogy. Uh, Mm. Tell us a bit about that. Okay. So uh, in 2016, the same year I was uh, nominated for the Singapore Literature Prize, I was also longlisted for the Epigram Book Fiction Prize. And my manuscript um, was actually like something I wrote a long time ago. And I left it in this drawer. I kind of forgot about it. And um, when they were calling for entries, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to polish it up and submit it. So the next thing I knew, I got a call that it was longlisted. And they, they loved uh, the potential it had, so they actually offered me a contract for like three books. That's why it's a trilogy. <laughs> oh, fantastic. And we've seen the success of trilogies, haven't we, Neil, in recent years? Mm, abs- well, yeah, of course. My own. No, no, I'm serious. I'm a big fan of yours, by the way, Neil, so I just no, want to say it out there. No, um, it, it's increasingly common now for both agents and publishers mm-hmm. domestically and internationally to work in trilogies um, because mm. the, the the retailers, uh, the shopping uh, chains around the world, they need to see that there's going to be a continuity. They don't want to invest in just one book. They need to see a trilogy, so mm-hmm. there's some degree of continuity because they plan these things months in advance, so they want one for this Christmas, the next Christmas, and the Christmas after that. Uh, a friend of mine in Australia, Jane Harper, who's become extraordinarily uh, successful and famous. Similarly, she had to write a crime Mm. fiction trilogy. My Inspector Low books uh, are supposed to be a trilogy. I just haven't got to the third one yet. (laughs) So, yes, it's very, very good that Ning's wrote it as a trilogy. Mm. And, and yeah, look, uh, you know, tell me more about the book. And there is the name Schooling in the book. uh, Sharp eyes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And, of course, we've been talking about Joseph Schooling at the Asian Games and reflecting on his success and what the icon he's become. So talk about that for in your book. Absolutely. So Joseph Schooling, is a you know a modern Singapore hero to many of us. Uh, you know he's always gone for gold, and I felt that uh, the best way to pay homage to this um, is to name uh, my protagonist after him. So Maxine Schooling is the protagonist in Misdirection. In fact, she's uh, it's, it's, she's the protagonist for the entire trilogy, and uh, her father is Caucasian, her mom's Chinese Singaporean, and um, yeah, so Schooling is her last name. Mm. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> so the story really is about her her journey uh, because she wakes up after being in a coma for three years, Mm. realizes that she's selling an orphan and the only child. Um, Someone's killed her family. She doesn't know why. And uh, she's just trying to put her life back together and get to the bottom of it. Yeah, it's a very intriguing book and, and very modern. I love the modern references to Singapore, of course, and, you know, modern culture and technology. That's the wonderful thing about this book. But, yeah, tell us about what uh, you've been doing otherwise, because uh, I know you're very busy. <laughs> you made a comeback, didn't you, to Magic? Uh, yeah, so I, I took a break from doing escapes and illusions because for many, many years, um, uh, for 15 years, I was known as Magic Babe Ning. So mm, I did uh, escape acts uh, with uh, Harry Houdini. So I've done 
the upside down straight jacket escape, right? Uh, escaping from from a crane with, from a rope that's like on fire, and I'm hanging upside down. Um, I've done stuff for SPH actually, like teleported a car across the country, mm. uh, stuff like that. So I took a break from that. Uh, went to the UK and I studied uh, hypno therapy, hypnosis and mentalism so I came back and I did this show called uh, Mind Magic Mistress so it's actually like an Asian dominatrix mm. who reads minds <laughs> Yeah, so it was a hit in the UK um, when where I debuted it uh, because they actually invited me down uh, to be uh, the international uh, opener for, for this festival that they had and it was fun uh, it's actually very funny because of course when you look at her she's like wearing latex and everything but the character is actually like really cheeky and there's a lot of comedy in there with my gimp because <laughs> <laughs> you've performed all over the world right I mean mm. Las Vegas I, I've read before is that right I, uh, I know you've been to the US I, I've been very uh, fortunate I think because I, I come from a humble family and um, you know growing up I've always wanted to travel and and I think because I am this Singaporean it's a really weird job mm. that I had the opportunity to go all the way to Oman to perform for like royalty and I've been on television with um, in Tokyo where we filmed and um, make friends when and they brought me to the most interesting places, which I'll probably tell you off radio. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So you've been uh, seeing some uh, kind of offbeat places, you might say, off the track. Um, I, I always try to make friends with locals whenever I travel because I think they know like the places to go that's mm, off the beaten right. track. That's, mm. right. that's what I love about it. Mm. We're going to get you to do some magic a bit later on, but uh, you know, I'm intrigued about. The many different aspects to you as a person, and you, know, you mentioned uh, that, that you know you're a different person when you're on stage, whether it's doing the mentalism or the regular magic. Talk, mm. you know, talk more about that. Absolutely, uh, I approach it as you know what what is a magician? My definition of it is you're just an actor playing the role of a conjurer. So with magic baiting, uh, you know I was very much influenced by pop culture at the time when I was growing up, like Angelina Jolie and Tomb Raider. Then there was. Um, uh, Charlie's Angels with Lucy Liu in it. Yeah. So it's like, mm. you know, strong modern women mm. who are not afraid to kick butt, you know, but <laughs> also be feminine about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's how I, I crafted uh, Magic Bait Ning. So I, I had to, you know, uh, change the way I walked and talked and, and how how she moves on stage. And likewise with my Magic Mistress, you know, she's quirky, she's funny. Um, and, and that's not really me on real life. Like, I'm not that intense on, I mean, on, off stage, but that aspects of, of me. So I just approach it as like, you know, just acting. But um, there's also other things that I'm passionate about. Like I uh, I served on the Women's Registers, um, SCWO, Women's Registers uh, Committee mem- as a committee member because I'm really, really passionate about like women's issues and stuff. Mm. So to me, you know, my uh, it's an extension of me on stage when I act in, as those characters because it's about, yeah, like girl power in, in, this, in a sense. Why magic, though? And what, what, what attracted you to magic in the first place? I mean, it's great what you do, but there's many other ways you could have done yes, the same thing. So what was it that, drew, great question. that drew you to magic in the first place? Um, okay, well, magic lady was like that, that hobby, that childhood hobby that never left. Mm. And um, I, I just, I guess um, I've always been quite the nerd, really. You know, when I was growing up, I would like go to the library um, just to learn all these like tricks, you know, how it's done. And I would perform it to my stuffed toys and then my my, my mom and dad and it, you know, to the neighbors and stuff. And 
um, I guess it just never really left. So when I was growing up, um, I had friends who were doing charity. Like uh, they were the first volunteers that actually like uh, created the Hair for Hope um, mm. campaign yeah. for for Children's Cancer Foundation. Yes, yeah. So they asked me, Ning, you know, we're doing this thing for the first time. Uh, we're afraid people in Singapore might not understand why would they want to shave their heads to create awareness. Um, so do you think you and some of your friends could do some magic to pull people in and then we will have our volunteers come in to like, you know, tell them more about you know, mm. what this entire charity event is about. So, um, and this was like probably in 2000-ish. Um, so that's when street magic just happened. David Blaine, yep. you know, he revolutionized yep. the entire industry because prior to that, you know, we had very proper magicians. Traditional, like David Copperfield. Exactly. And those guys, yeah. On stage, it's yeah. just, you know, that, that whole third wall and, and, and David Blaine broke it down. He mm. just, it's just him, deck of cards and the camera. Mm. It's very intimate. Mm. Uh, so likewise, we felt like, yeah, you know what? We're just going to just do that. We don't need like, some fancy stage and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, and, and then it snowballed because from then when I was doing more charity gigs, uh, more of the parents of the cancer kids, they, they asked me, hey, Ning, can you come by to do like a party for my kid? And of course, I said yes. Um, and subsequently, they had businesses. So they're like, hey, we should like to do table hopping at my restaurant. And table hopping is where like you would perform magic table to table at right. a restaurant, which is very big um, overseas, like in the US, yes, in the yes. UK, mm-hmm. in Australia. Yes, true. Uh, but not quite here so mm. uh, yeah and, and they loved it so I guess it just snowballed and the next thing I knew the stars were aligned I won this magic competition people knew about me and then a producer came along asked me if I wanted to join his agency and next thing I knew it was like 15 years gone by wow <laughs> I mean wow. you are uh, in your field you're certainly a pioneer more so in Singapore definitely because even now I'm sitting here I'm racking my brains I cannot think of many female <laughs> magicians I mean I'm probably you're going to give me about 10 of them now but so wh- who were your role models were there any prominent you know assertive female magicians growing up um, yeah there there were um, there was uh, Princess Tenko Right. She's just Japanese lady. I think she's probably like in her seventies now. Oh wow! Yeah, but growing up, I I remember distinctively like uh, when like me and my little sister. So she was probably like three, and I was like eight. Um, I would get her to <clears throat> strip off those little uh, white cotton strings off our bolster cover cases and like I was like okay wrap them around my arms my hands tie them real tight and I'll try to escape so so yeah we'll do that like you know in the quiet of the night and you were like how old? so she's five years younger than mm. me so she's like really tiny like three and, and I was you were eight. eight years old <laughs> that's, the, that's the age of my daughter actually who loves magic yeah. as I told you off air so Brilliant. I used to tie up my daughter sister but I just didn't want her to escape ah. yeah. <laughs> I, I left her there all day <laughs> <laughs> Uh, We've got a lot in common. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we'll we'll talk more uh, with Ning Chai after the break here on Money FM. We're going to do a magic trick and we're also going to visit one of her favourite places in Singapore. That's coming up next.